When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. Firstly, I would like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for hanging on and sending us all your feedback and questions because ultimately this is how we come up with our podcast topics. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate that because ultimately, you know, this is why we do it. So thank you. Keep the questions coming. Keep the emails coming. Uh, Again, we appreciate all of it. Today is going to be kind of an interesting topic, and it's something that we do on an annual basis. Um, But the statistics for the American Society of Plastic Surgery, uh, surgical statistics has been released for 2022. And it's going to blow your mind. Yeah, listen, it surprised us as well, and we're in the field. And so, you know, we'll kind of talk about some of the top procedures, the top trends, in both cosmetic, uh, non-invasive, and reconstructive, and kind of give our insight as to why this is happening. And the numbers really come from, so it's pre-pandemic numbers, 2019, Mm -hmm. and then 2022. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of go over all of the different procedures, and, and you know that our practice pretty much does most of these procedures so we can tell you how we feel about it as well but i find these numbers to be just fascinating in the sense that they're all up pretty yeah, much yeah listen you know i'll 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 preface the entire conversation by saying that as far as cosmetic surgical procedures from 19, 2019 to 2022 there's an overall 19% increase that is a significant number and we'll kind of break that down and go over why we think that uh, some of these are happening in certain areas um, but I thought you could kind of talk about the breast and body. I'll go over the face. Um, it's interesting to me. So, you know, as far as uh, you can set the drum roll for the top five mm-hmm. cosmetic surgical procedures. And it seems like the number one is always the same. Mm-hmm. Always the same every single year. What do you think it is, guys? Lipo, liposuction. It holds the top spot for the second release in a row. And so, you know, um, the we haven't really had the statistics since that that uh, that time. And so, um, and we know that liposuction ultimately sculpts the body. And this is for all comers, male, female. Top is number number one is liposuction. Absolutely. And then moving along. And near and dear to your near heart. dear to my heart. And even though there's been so much news about breast implants mm-hmm. and how a lot of people are getting their breast implants removed, hey, 
breast augmentation is still up there. And it takes uh, makes the top five and takes a number two. And, and, you know, this has been one of the most really popular procedures for all plastic surgeons since 2006. Now, mm -hmm. the one thing we talk about all the time is how the devices keep getting better and better and better. Um, so breast augmentation is up there. And, and this includes breast augmentation with a lift, without a lift and everything else. So that it just gets all lumped up in one. And number three... Another one that I love doing, but we love doing together, which is um, a tummy tuck, also called an abdominoplasty. Um, and again, always the tummy tuck procedure always continues to be one of the most favorite procedures. And because, and I always tell patients that come into our office, it's not necessarily just a cosmetic procedure because it's it's really just restoring a pre-pregnancy body. Mm -hmm. And I love it because mommies, I love working with moms because they have babies and they just want to look good again. They want to look like they did before. And that takes number three. Yep. And that's, uh, again, grabbing the same, the same spot or a top five for a second year in a row. And so we know that these are uh, just incredibly popular procedures. And number four. Number four, I did one yesterday and we love doing these also in the practice is a breast lift, also known as a mastopexy. Mm -hmm. um, just basically restoring a youthful breast after breastfeeding or weight loss or just general effects of aging that happen and, and make a best sag. So a breast lift takes number four. Yeah, commonly included in our mommy makeovers. And so, Absolutely. Again, it all go, goes back to that uh, mom wanted to go back to a pre-pregnancy state. They want to lift the breast back up after breastfeeding uh, and uh, tummy tucks go along with it. Number five, more in my wheelhouse, this is eyelid surgery. So it returns to the top five this year. And, you know, eyelid surgery includes removing excess skin, fat, or muscle from the upper or lower lids, and uh, sometimes both, uh, to reduce that droopiness or puffiness uh, around the eyes and make you appear refreshed. And I think it's one of the most important facial rejuvenation procedures because... It's the first thing everybody sees. That's how you greet someone. Completely You agree. make eye contact. And ultimately, that is what can make us look older. Then we flip around to the uh, other areas of the face. But number one will always be the area right around the eye. So and interestingly enough, you know, some of these procedures, and, and we do it in our practice too, an upper eyelid procedure can li literally be done in 20 minutes under local anesthesia. For mm -hmm. some people, um, if, that's, if it's the only thing that's bothering them, just a little bit of extra skin of the upper eyelid, that could be taken care of very easily. You know, when I saw this report from, from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, the one thing that really kind of popped out at me was this increase in chest and core cosmetic surgical procedures over the pre-pandemic reported data. So 2019 versus 2022. And, and listen to this. This is actually really impressive. Breast reductions went up by 54%. Crazy. And that's, that's for aesthetic purposes only. This that, is not yeah. even talking about this recon. Is, that's really, I mean, they're just talking about when, they, when I saw this chest and core cosmetic surgical procedures, 54% for breast reductions, 37% for tummy tuck, 30% for breast lifts, 23% for liposuction, and 4% for breast augmentation. Those five procedures, they really popped and mm -hmm. i think this is my take on this and i could be wrong i think people did so much facial surgery during the pandemic because they could hide out 
Um, whereas they couldn't do as much of the body stuff because their kids were at home with them and they had to be with their kids. Yep. The ones, because a lot of these procedures that I'm talking about when it comes to tummy tuck or breast lift is for post-pregnancy patients. So I think that's why it went up so much more, or at least that's my thought. Well, I thought it was really interesting for all of you BBL lovers out there, the Brazilian butt lift is that there was an 86% increase in the buttock lift. And this is what we've talked about in multiple previous podcasts. If you look at our downsizing podcast, wow. this is where what happens when you jam fat into the buttock uh, and it expands and stretches out that skin. Once that fat slowly goes away, what are you left with? Sagginess, just, sagging just like the breast. And so now an 86% increase in the buttock lift. So I thought that was uh, uh, amazing. And, and another thing that I saw, and again, we're going to go through a bunch of numbers with you guys. I think some of them are really, really fascinating. What I talked about earlier with liposuction and tummy tucks and, and just doing body work, 77% increase in cryolipolysis. Mm. And... So you were saying cool sculpting went up by 77% since over the pandemic year of 2019. Now, could it have been because people weren't offering it, people were going in the office, or could it be that people gained a bunch of weight and wanted to have non-invasive procedures? But it goes to show you that cool sculpting and non-invasive procedures are still really at the forefront of, of aesthetic medicine. Over here it says, there's a 22% increase in non-surgical skin tightening since 2019. So people are doing invasive and non-invasive procedures. Now, let's just go over some more of these numbers that honestly I'm looking at and I think it's it's really really fascinating because in the news there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz about breast implant illness. There's a lot of buzz about um, breast implants causing cancer um, or having other issues. And again, if you ask me, I think breast implants are very safe. I use them all the time in the appropriate patient. I thought that I would look at these numbers and I would think there'd be a huge uptick in explants. Mm -hmm. And there really isn't. I mean, listen, there's some, There's it, it was 12%, but it wasn't a amount. I thought it was going to be like 50%. I thought it was going to be even more because there's so much news about it. Yeah, well, you listen, I think you have to understand there's almost 300,000 breast augmentations, and it was only up 4%. And so, yes. I, you know, we have to take that into consideration because there may be kind of a plateau in that area. However, um, 300,000 procedures is still a significant yes, right. amount. Still right? amount. It makes the top two. And so, you know, when we look at breast implant removal, it's up 12%, but that's 37,000 uh, cases of explantation. True. And, um, you know, again, these are only the reported numbers. So I think I, I agree with you. I would have expected it to be a lot more, you know, much higher. But I think the media is blowing up mm -hmm. the significance of breast implant illness. And so it's, a, you know, for the people who feel that they've been affected by it, it's a much smaller subset than is actually in. And listen, it's not the first time that the media has blown up something that's, you know, trivial yes. and turns into something uh, of a, a larger magnitude. So, um, but I thought it was interesting that 300, almost 300,000 breast augmentations and 143,000 breast lifts. I mean, that's significant mm -hmm. for cosmetic surgical procedures in total. Uh, there's, uh, you know, 
575,000 cases a year. That's a significant a amount. Lot. Absolutely. And then let's let's move along to body. And then I'm really fascinated with the facial numbers because mm-hmm. we'll go over that. But when you look at the, the overall cosmetic surgical procedures that were done on the body, most of them were up. You know, the buttock lift, like you said, was up 86%. And that's for its own reason, because the trend is now going away from having a very large butt to having more of a, a nice shape to the butt and not as big. And, and you, you know, see, it only went up 2%. The BBL went up 2% as mm-hmm. opposed to the buttock lift is 86%. And if you looked yeah. at it from, I think, three or four years ago, it was up significantly more. Now, let's, let's look at a few things that went down. And I, you know... My least favorite procedure <laughs> as of a couple of days ago is a thigh lift and and it's gone down. Now, the question is why? Is it because people just are shying away from this procedure because it has complications, the scars don't look good, you can have wound dehiscence, you can have seromas. It's just one of those procedures that that nobody loves to do as a plastic surgeon. Um but people are still having bariatric surgery. Now with Ozempic, people are losing a ton of weight. Um, I wonder what is going on with the thighs. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's just more non-surgical or minimally surgical invasive options, or minimally invasive surgical options, like uh, you know, using radiofrequency, um, you know, some of the external things like Morpheus 8 and um, you know, tightening up some of that skin. A lot of people used to go undergo thigh lifts just because they wanted to reduce some of the cellulitic uh, appearance. And, um, I think that, uh, you know, now if you can tighten up some of the skin and reduce some of the fat, even non-invasively, it works out well. So, Mm -hmm. and um, then, and then I looked at one other thing that I thought was actually pretty fascinating in the sense that, um, the buttock implants, you know, look at the number of buttock implant cases that were done hmm. compared to all the other procedures. Yep. And it's one of those procedures that we don't do in our practice. And we actually tell people that it's wrought with complications. So he's talking about there's a 1,164 buttock implant cases. I mean, think uh, about, we just talked about there was 300 breast augmentation cases. 300,000. So 300, mm. Sorry, 300,000 breast augmentation cases in, this, in which we put implants in the breasts. So... Somebody comes in and has, you know, not enough volume in their buttocks or, or buttocktosis or wants to add. First thing you think about is fat. You don't think about putting an implant in. And obviously, there's a huge difference. There's a 25-fold difference between fat grafting to the butt versus putting a buttock implant. Mm-hmm. And that number right there should tell you, hey, listen, guys, it's pretty much the, one of those procedures that most plastic surgeons don't want to do because it does have a high complication rate. I have, um, I have a feeling that um, when 2023 stats come out, that uh, we have seen the peak of uh, the BBL and uh, we're going to see the buttock lift go up. But that's just my opinion. Absolutely. And the other number that I was a little bit shocked with was labiaplasty because labiaplasty has gained a lot of popularity. It's a, a relatively straightforward procedure. Again, not that I do it uh, or you do it because it's not in our wheelhouse, but people do it. But it's gone down by 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably because of radiofrequency devices. Again, uh-huh. external skin tightening, things like that. When we come up with n- newer technologies, they will slowly replace some of these less desirable procedures. And I think that's uh, you know kind of the goal behind those. So. 
Very, very well said. I actually was thinking about that. I'm like, why did it go down? But that's mm -hmm. probably what it is because there's so many different devices now that can be used and you don't have to have surgery. I thought it was pretty interesting that the total number of cosmetic surgical procedures for the breast almost equaled the number of cosmetic surgical procedures for the body. Both are around, you know, for breast, it was 575,000 just over that. And for body, it was 576,000. And, uh, you know, it goes to show a lot of people are starting to do combination procedures. Mm -hmm. And so when we add, uh, you know, the mommy makeover to the mix, uh, you're doing, you know, breast and body at the same time. So I think that's where these numbers are, are coming from. But it's interesting how they both parallel. It just goes to show that people feel more comfortable doing multiple things at the same time. Absolutely. And let's move along pure speculation to, but i'm uh tell know, me. again that, as, no that's, i think that's, it's i think it's it's true i mean we see it ourselves i mean think about it we see the gamut of all of it and then we see how people keep oh i'm i'm having my breast done is there any way dr lakin can do my nose at the same time well mm -hmm. how often do we do that all the time sure. so it is a very um viable option for people to do multiple procedures at the same time get it done so they don't have to do it again so now we get down to the cosmetic surgical procedures for the face. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Overall, there was an 18% improvement uh, or increase in procedures. Mm -hmm. um, in particular, the rhinoplasty or nose uh, surgery, nose job surgery, improved or increased by 37%. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that during the pandemic, people were wearing masks. We had downtime. And so it made it much easier to convalesce through that procedure without people really knowing. Um, the numbers are a little skewed only because uh, cheek implant, or we call it malar augmentation, went up 150%. And so it's skewing some of those numbers. But at the same time, um, you know, ear surgery, uh, otoplasty was down 43% forehead lifting and facial fat grafting. I thought that was really interesting. Facial fat grafting went down 8%. That number's off. I don't uh, believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, but I think, you know, it could be the, with the the trend towards the deep plane facelift that many people feel that further fat grafting may not be, be ne sure. necessary. I still do in the appropriate individual. I still think that uh, volume loss always plays an issue, and you can resuspend and and retailer where uh, you know certain parts of the anatomy should be. But we do lose certain fat pockets as we age, and so to refill those to where they were, I think uh, gives you a much more natural appearance. Um, and I agree with you; these numbers can be skewed because mm -hmm. if you look at the numbers and you look at facelift surgery, it's up by 8%. But then you look at neck lift surgery and it's down by 6%. Mm. Generally speaking, most people that get a facelift, they get a neck lift as well. There's a very small subset of the population that will just get a mid facelift. Most people that have an aging face, they also have somewhat of an aging neck. Mm -hmm. So they want to fix their jowls, their platysmal bands, the sagging skin from the neck. So that to me doesn't make sense, but perhaps it's just the way the numbers were obtained. Yeah, listen, I think you have to take with a grain of salt the when they list out these, uh, these statistics that there is a certain subset or population that is responding to the questionnaires that are being asked, right? right? And so... You know, whether there is, uh, you know, the total of, if we look at the percent of total number of cases that are actually reported, mm -hmm. um, it's obviously going to be much lower than what happens. And so, 
it's kind of like, uh, you know, the electoral votes, we, <laughs> we right. see them come in at the end and you say, well, these haven't been reported yet. Very true. And so it can skew the numbers. But, but you, it's, know, but you know, what's out of all of these, when you look at the facial numbers, what to you pops the most? I mean, listen, rhinoplasty, that was yes, by for far sure. at 37%. And again, it goes back to the fact that people had downtime, we were wearing masks, and let's see where that trend continues now that we're not. And so... Um, we'll see what the numbers are for next year. But I think people are, we see more on social media. We see the potential and what can be done. Um, and so people are uh, less likely to shy away from these procedures. Absolutely. I mean, and I, and I do tolerant. think like what you said, I do think some of this is skewed because you look at this and there's no real brow lift. It mm -hmm. just says forehead lift. And then it says eyelid surgery which is lumped into upper and lower so they they're they're not you know very specific um but it's still it's it's really fascinating to me that it's gone up by as much as it has and mm -hmm. the real question is and when you think about some of it what's the driving force why is this happening is it people have more money because they didn't travel is it that is there is it more just socially accepted because mm -hmm. uh, you know you have celebrities that talk about it and TikTok trends and 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 people are out there is it more that we've noticed hey the better you look the more you're kind of setting yourself up to a for a better job or better partner or is you know and i think it's a bunch of them but i do think it's something that we should discuss yeah listen i think those are all valid points and so when we look at these trends i think you know Again, it's, it goes to that age-old adage, you look good, you feel good, you do good, and uh, and that's been proven time and time again. And so um, I think that uh, this these data points just confirm that. You know, and also things have changed, like the world's changed, right? So over the last three years, uh, there was a huge shutdown, and people still aren't fully back at work. So how does that help this, and why does it help? Well, it... It helps a lot. If you if you can imagine, I we saw we just did surgery on somebody on Tuesday morning. And when I went and saw him before we did surgery, I said, So when are you going back to work? He goes, I'm not. I work from home. Don't worry about it. As long as I don't look too banged up, I can actually do all my Zoom calls, do as much life selection on my body as you want. And that's become something that's very common. Mm -hmm. um, especially in California, a lot of the people going back to work has been in a very staggered manner. They go maybe some days they don't. So for somebody who's having surgery, it's great because yeah. they can convalesce. No one will know. They'll even take off a little bit more, stay at home, and then do it. So I think there are a bunch of different things. And, and I think, you know, you and I see this a lot because we're in the wellness space. Everyone wants to feel better. Everyone wants to exercise more. Everyone wants to look better. And it all kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So you can do as much as you can from your end, exercise, maintain a healthy lifestyle, but there's some help that you may need and yeah, that's where we yeah, come yeah. in. Well, listen, now we're going to move over to minimally invasive procedures and it is staggering the numbers. But, I mean, it's uh, insane. You know, <laughs> if we look at the, the top five cosmetic minimally invasive procedures for 2022 and it ha it, it is and has been for several years but neuromodulator injections so botox disport zeman and juveau 
Um, this procedure works by essentially stopping the facial muscles from contracting and gives them temporary smoothness. And uh, I think is probably one of the most powerful drugs that we have to slow down and reduce the signs of aging. Without a doubt. And it's uh, that is number one, the number one most uh, common procedure. Number two. Number two is soft tissue fillers, HA fillers. Mm. So, you know, second in popu popularity are things like hyaluronic acid fillers, Juvederm, Voluma, Volbella, Velour, Restylane, you know, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, ton, um, tons of different And really what, what this is very different than Botox and not neuromodular. What this does is it'll fill lines or add volume. Mm -hmm. So people that don't want to undergo facial fat grafting, people that don't want to have a facelift, that just look like, uh, you know, my cheeks have been descending a little bit. I need a little more volume in my cheeks, a little more volume in my lips, maybe a little bit in my in my laugh lines or my marionette lines. This is a great way to kind of, you know, push off surgery, make yourself look a little bit more rejuvenated without having to do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Number three. Oh, wow. Skin resurfacing. And this, uh, these are any procedures that either remove the top layer of skin in various ways. We uh, You stimulate collagen um, and you are looking to get a more youthful and, and radiant complexion. And that's in the form of either a dermabrasion, a chemical peel, lasers, or microdermabrasion. And so um, this is, uh, it, again, anything to improve the quality of the skin. And I think that these are going to become even more important Agreed. just because we see the importance of skin in looking younger. And so I think those uh, numbers will continue to trend. And the technology just keeps improving, mm -hmm. which is really amazing as well. So there are certain things we didn't have you know, I don't want to say three years ago because we had most of these things three years ago, but we didn't have five or 10 years ago. So things will keep getting better and we can do non-invasive procedures to really slow the progression of aging. So skin treatments, I'm sorry, skin servicing procedures come in three. Number four. Number four are skin treatments that I just almost jumped uh, <laughs> ahead. Uh, skin treatments are... This is lumped into a bunch of different things. Um, it would have been better if they would have separated them, but they didn't. So this is basically skin treatments to solve a variety of different problems. So combining laser treatments to tighten skin and remove spots or basically doing intense pulse light to improve skin tone. This also it's actually put in tattoo removal and a bunch of other things as well. It actually, if you look at it, it says laser hair removal, IPL treatment, laser tattoo removal, laser treatment of leg veins. So it's a bunch of different types of non-invasive. Yeah, treatment. it's interesting that they separated these two categories, the skin resurfacing and skin treatments, Agreed. because a lot of it bleeds into, you know, there's a lot of gray area there. And, and so, um, you know, although there are people that come in and just want to target brown spots, mm -hmm. they really want better texture uh, you know, in uniform uh, color to the skin. So um, it's it, it's interesting to me. And uh, it's the same with the next one too, like you said. Yeah, listen, uh, when we talked about soft tissue fillers as being number two, then lip augmentation, they actually separated out. And so, you know, this procedure obviously has been growing popularity for the last several years and it's augmenting the current existing shape of the lip, sometimes creating uh, more of a shape. And uh, this is all using hyaluronic acid filler or fat or something like that. But um, it's interesting that they separated this from the soft tissue fillers because lips are essentially soft tissue. So Agreed. Because and how often do you have a patient come in and say, uh, I'd like to get some filler? 
And what you'll do is you'll put some in their laugh lines, you'll put some maybe in their cheeks, and they'll be like, can you put a little bit in the lips too? Mm. Because it's the same material that we use. So it should be kind of lumped in, but it's not. But it's still fascinating that non-invasive procedures have gone up so significantly. And I think next year and the year after and the year after that, they're just going to keep going up exponentially. Yeah, listen, I think, you know, some of the data is a little spotty when we look at pre-pandemic numbers. A lot of the things probably weren't reported or they were lumped into some of the other categories and now they're being stratified. And so it's not really a fair assessment. But I thought what's amazing is when we look at all the, t- the total of all minimally invasive cosmetic procedures, we've got 23,672,000. Uh, I mean, that's just an incredible number. And again, you have to keep in mind that this is a percent of the actual procedures being performed because not everybody's responding to that uh, survey. And, and also so- remember, this is only by by people that are part of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, most likely board-certified mm-hmm. plastic surgeons. So all your nurse injectors, all of those uh, non-boarded cosmetic surgeons, and all the other people, all the other doctors that are doing Botox and wrestling, none of that's in here. Yep. So I guarantee you, if you put those numbers in there, they may even double. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Moving along to something we'll kind of just touch on for a minute because we are reconstructive surgeons. Um, the 2022 reconstructive statistics. Yeah, I thought it was interesting from 2019 to 2022. Overall, there was actually a 3% drop. And I think that when you look at burn care and cleft lip and palate care uh, and hernia repair and, uh, you know, head, when we look at laceration repair, they're all negative numbers. I think this is, these statistics are inherently flawed. Yes, now, I agree. If you looked at it as a purist and you took the numbers, you could say, well, a lot of plastic surgeons are now trending more towards cosmetic surgery than they are reconstructive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that may be the case. Most reconstructive plastic surgeons either only deal with breast cancer reconstruction um, or you're just in burn care um, or you're, you're in head and neck reconstruction. I mean, these are massive cases, free flaps and, and, and all kinds of things. Um, but they're usually at major university centers or, uh, you know, level one hospitals and where they take, take care of a lot of this reconstruction. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that there are less facial fractures that need reconstruction, uh, because cars are going faster and we've got more traffic and more people, but at the same time, um, you know, again, these they you can only report the data that's submitted to you. So, again, this is one where I think it's just inherently flawed. Um, and I the agree. only thing I could say, again, as a purist, would be that more plastic surgeons are uh, transitioning from their reconstructive practices over to cosmetic surgery, just because uh, insurances aren't paying, and you know, it's a long and arduous training uh, and a, a very tough career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, do you want to... And I'll just hit on the top five just so you know it. Yeah. Um, But again, I agree with Dr. Lakey. I I think that this is fully flawed because I think that, you know, and I I do think that they lump things. They they should lump things together. Treatment of dog bites should go into laceration repair. And there's a lot of different things. But just so you guys know, number one is tumor removal. Um, It's 
kept its spot for many years. Second is hand surgery. If you guys didn't know, and if you haven't listened to our other previous podcasts, plastic surgeons are all trained in hand surgery. Dr. Lakey and I are also hand surgeons. We don't do a ton of it anymore, but we did a lot of it. A third one is breast reconstruction. This actually appeared for the first time in the top five, and it's one of the numbers that have gone up, but I think this has to do with what John just said, and I think more surgeons reported that they do breast reconstruction than they you know, I don't think they have their numbers of dog bites and laceration repairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the maxillofacial injuries and scar revision. And I think scar revision had has dropped two spots, mainly because of what you said earlier. Um, I think more non-invasive mm -hmm. and lasers are being used for treatments of scars and scars don't have to be cut out as much because we've realized that sometimes if a scar heals a certain way and we cut it out, it may heal exactly the same way. So let's throw a different variable. Use a laser, use Morpheus, use injectables, things Definitely. like that. Well, listen, there you have it. These are the American Society of Plastic Surgeons uh, 2022 uh, plastic surgery statistics. And uh, hopefully we've done a good job of summarizing them for you. And uh, I'm curious to see what the new trends will be uh, next year when this is reported. So if there are any plastic surgeons listening, go ahead and fill out that survey just so we have more accurate data. And uh, for patients who are looking at these uh, new trends, again, I think um, some of these cosmetic procedures are only gonna continue. My prediction is the increase in buttock lifts and a decrease in BBLs, but that's only my opinion. I completely agree. And uh, and I think the non-invasive procedures are just going to keep going up because I do think that, and I think the younger people are going to be getting them because people want to just stay looking really good for as long as they can. True. Well, listen, uh, hopefully you learned something today. Keep your questions and comments coming. We love the feedback. Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check us out on your social media channels, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Forever Young. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.